With the advancement of technology accelerated in the COVID-19 era, Merrily Orsini's advice has never been more relevant. Listen to understand the importance of continued learning, even in older industries. Now, a note for you, Merrily Orsini, when we recorded this, was the president and CEO of Core Cubed. But now, update March 2021, as you know, we record months in advance. She is now the founder, board chair of Core cubed. Regardless, it's interesting information that we know that you are going to appreciate. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. Episode number 123 starts now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Bolitnikoff. I'm with Marilee Orsini, and she is the president and CEO of Core Cubed. Now, you can find them at corecubed.com, and then it's core and cubed.com, so corecubed.com. And they are considered a thought leader in the health care at home industry. And, of course, Mary Lee is involved in numerous organizations providing insight and advice. So, Mary Lee, I, I know I'm not doing it justice. I rarely ever do the bios justice because people are so much more than just a bio. So I'm going to bring you into the conversation now. Welcome, Mary Lee. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And so when you talk about Core Cubed and you talk about the healthcare at home industry and then, of course, your background and all that stuff, what would you like to enlighten the listeners on as we get going with the podcast? Well, the healthcare at home industry has been around for a long time, but because of our uh, recent COVID-19 situation, more people are finding out about it, which is a positive because people would like to, if they have care needs, to have those care needs met at home. So um, it's unfortunate that we've had this kind of a situation to drive traffic and interest because people usually don't even think about care needs until they actually arise. But right now, people are starting to think about them ahead of time. So that's one positive of what's happening in our current situation. You know, and as we record this, it is July 7th, 2020. As listeners know, I'm way ahead on the interview. So as you're listening to this, hopefully the COVID crisis is starting to abate. But let's let's talk about the healthcare at home industry, Marilee. And in 2017, you won a Lifetime Achievement in Business Award at the 2017 Stevie Awards for Women in Business. And of course, I'd love you to talk about that award, but also you've been in the industry a long time. And so when you started in the industry, healthcare at home really wasn't the en vogue thing. You had to be a trailblazer, really. So maybe you could tell me not only about the award, but what it took to be a trailblazer in that industry. Well, when I started my first business, which was 1981, I 
basically was armed with a master's in social work and an intent to figure out how do I support myself and my two young children. (laughs) So um, I actually had a friend who asked me to provide some help for one of her clients who was uh, through one of the religious centers in, in Louisville, and that was really the beginning of it. I provided some sitter service, and then the husband... Uh, for whom we were providing this respite, died unexpectedly and suddenly. And we inherited this lovely woman who had Alzheimer's disease and um, really became her 24-7, 365 caregiver for the next, I believe, somewhere around 12 or 13 years. So uh, that was the impetus for my interest in caring for people at home. And it was also the impetus for my interest in learning how to do it better And there weren't really a lot of options at that time, but it was a calling, and that calling has stayed with me all of these years. Uh, The award was really for, I've been, I've had two businesses. I had that business, which was called Elder Care Solutions, and I sold that business in 1996, and when my non-competitive uh, Pete was up, or actually my contract was up, not my non-compete. Um, in 98, that's when I founded Core Cubed with the idea of the, doing something that did not require me to have any kind of emergencies for which I might be called on holidays or in the middle of the night. And um, and what I what I I still love the healthcare at home industry. And what I what I learned was. And I said this earlier, people usually don't think about care needs until that need arises. And so I said about then educating, and that is the core of what we do at Core Cubed is we provide digital marketing services to home care agencies around the United States. But it's really based on educating and helping people make decisions and giving people the resources so they can find answers to their questions. So that is something I've been doing since 1981 now and continue to do. And let me ask you something about, because I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question, especially with people that are listening, that many of our listeners probably have aging parents themselves. So if they find themselves confronted with a situation where they might have to have mom or dad get some extra care or have somebody take over the care, what would you suggest they should do? Where should they start? What kind of resources should they plug into? You know, I always suggest that someone start with a a geriatric care manager or someone who actually is experienced in geriatrics. If they're picking a physician, they need to pick someone who has a a specialty in geriatrics because if you've met one 90-year-old person who needs care, You have met one 90-year-old person who needs care. Their care will be different than anyone else's based on what their physical capacity is, what their disease progression or prognosis is, what their level of activity is, what their family support system is, what their financial resources are. So all of those things come together to help someone make a decision about what's going to happen Uh, with that person, and obviously that person needs to be included in the decision-making process as well. So I would start with someone who really understands geriatric care. 
and again, it could be aging life care professionals are the it, that's the national organization for geriatric care managers. But there's also physicians who are certified in geriatrics, and most universities have a geriatric evaluation and treatment center that's associated with their teaching hospitals. That's another great resource. But it is a complicated and serious decision to try to put together care for someone who needs it. So I would definitely recommend looking for expert resources, not trying to go it alone or not trying to make up something, uh, reinvent the wheel if it's already been done. And let me ask you this. I've, I've seen elder care attorneys as well, attorneys that will specialize in that particular field. Would you consider them experts as well that could advise you on where to start? You know, Jeff, that's a great question. The elder law attorneys, however, uh, is a that is a sub-segment of law. And the elder law attorneys, what they're really dealing with, and yes, is the short answer to your question, but their specialty is usually in trying to help people qualify for Medicaid which is a state-based program that's uh, partially funded by the federal government as well. But their specialty came about because the in paying for long-term care, the the there is a that state and federal program, the Medicaid program that does pay for that, and that's what the elder law attorneys are specialists at is trying to help someone allocate their resources and make certain that they are complying with laws so that should they exhaust their resources, they can then be eligible for those services. Well, let's talk about your journey because the one thing that you did tell me off the air is is that with your team, or it, it could have been, you and I have talked so often lately mm-hmm. that it might have even been during our coronavirus special that you were uh, so gracious to provide for the website. But let me ask you about running a remote team. And I know, <laughs> I know that you are, in a, and you've done remote work you know, long before the COVID-19 crisis hit. So for people that may be struggling in managing a remote team or want to do it better, what would your advice be to them? Well, the managing a remote team is different than managing a team that's physically present because all you're seeing is results. You're not, you know, interfacing with the people except over the computer. But I would say that technology is going to be your friend. So you there are several different platforms that really help with working virtually. And the best thing to do if you have a team that you want to manage is to make certain that you have a project management program in place. Now, we use Basecamp, and there may be better ones, but Basecamp is a wonderful way to manage projects and to keep track of who's doing what and also allow someone in from a management perspective to be able to see what's going on in the entire organization. So the project management component is one. The second thing I would say is it's incredibly important to understand the uh, personality of the people on your team because you, if you are not seeing someone, you don't have those facial expressions and body language, you really have to have a deeper understanding of how they work with the team. And we use um, DISC. We've used several things, but what we've used the last 
last few years is DISC, D-I-S-C. And we do, when we bring on a new team member, and we have just hired a, uh, a new team member recently, then we look at how does that person fit in with the team. And we understand, is it someone that, for instance, some people, if you ask them a question, they can't answer it quickly. They have to process it. So you might take that as disinterest or lack of enthusiasm. But if it's your personality type to process, then then once you've had the time to process or you can send questions out ahead of time, that person then can be a viable part of the conversation. Having some personal time and getting to know the team is another component of work. Working virtually because you don't have water cooler time when you're in a virtual organization. So uh, we always start our uh, stand-up meetings on Monday with a question, something that is personal. Um, and not a, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but it, it gives you an insight into people. You know, what's the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you? Or uh, what's your favorite dessert? Or, you know, it can be any kind of questions, but, but it does allow you to know each individual better and it provides i guess a a platform of more conversation than you would have if you're just having a regular business meeting let's talk about the pivot that you had to make because when you started out at home care wasn't really as i said earlier in vogue and you've moved through that process to create a career that didn't exist when you started. I mean, if you, if I told you back in 1981, you'd be providing technology solutions to companies to companies that deal with at-home care. You might have looked at me like I was, you know, maybe I'd imbibed one too many drinks. And uh, so, how did you? How are you able to? What advice would you give to people that need to always be pointing towards the future? Because if you hadn't adapted to all the change, you wouldn't have the career you have now. Well, I, uh, my very first job out of college was as a programmer and then a systems analyst. So I started into computers early. That was when IBM mainframes had to be in huge air-conditioned rooms. And so I learned the basics of technology early. I've always though and i would recommend to anyone it's a a, the curiosity level of how can things be done better will oftentimes lead you to technological solutions and you know as as the days go by there are more and more positive solutions using technology some a little scary even but positive solutions to using technology and i just think you have to be curious you have to be a lifelong learner you always have to look for how can we do this better and that will lead you down a technology road and the other advice i would give though is once you find something that works it's like i said we use basecamp once you find something that really works then make certain that you have a reason to change that if you're going to change that. Because one of the things I did not well in my earlier life was always want to change the technology and upgrade. And what I've learned in this business is that if it works, you just... You know, you stay with it. There's always enhancements. You will know when it's time to move from one technology to another when it isn't working for you so well. So, so you know, look at the organization and look at the functionality and make decisions based on what's in the best interest of the organization and not just the latest gadget or the latest new technology. All right. Last few questions, Marilee. First of all, resources. We're, of course, going to link to corecube.com. 
and make sure that people can easily find that in the notes. But what are some other things you'd like to point our listeners at that you think might help them out? Well, I do a podcast called Help Choose Home, and it is a podcast that really is geared to consumers, and it is all about the kinds of things that can happen at home in the healthcare area. And it is amazing now. You can almost have anything done at home. There, Our system is set up so that referrals did not normally go from hospital to home. But now with the congregate issues and, uh, and congregate housing issues, uh, more uh, patients are leaving the hospital and going home directly. But Help Choose Home is my podcast, and that is one that, that uh, you can find anywhere, well, anywhere podcasts play. We, we are there. Sponsored by the National Association for Home Care and Hospice, Access, which is a global technology company, and, um, and Core Cubed. But uh, I interview industry leaders, and we really base it on what does a consumer need to know. So from Alzheimer's to hospice to non-medical long-term care to home health care, it's all covered in these podcasts. And I'm on my third season. I also have a blog, MarilyOrsini.com. And that's another place to go for resources. So, And I'm, of course, on Facebook and LinkedIn. Well, that's wonderful, Marilee. And so I'm going to give you the floor at the end. And Of course, as you know, we love podcasts on this podcast, but for the folks that like to read or listen, you have options for both, so that's great. And I'd like to give you the floor at the end and have you address the audience with whatever you'd like to talk about. So I'm going to pass the mic over to a fellow podcaster and have you talk to the audience. The floor is yours. Thank you, Jeff. You know, I think in this day and time that What we all need to focus on is what can we do in our own sphere to make a difference in the world, a positive difference. And as I mentioned earlier, my Help Choose Home podcasts are really based on giving people information and education so they can make decisions. But that's been something that I have been dedicated to for my entire life, and that is educating people about what's available, how do they find resources, and how to be experimental and continue the lifelong learning process so that we can all make this a better place to live. Well, Marilee Orsini, President and CEO of CoreCubed at CoreCubed.com. Thank you so much for sharing the insights, for you sharing the insights on the podcast this week. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jeff. And I hope you're staying safe. And I hope you're right. When this airs, maybe we'll be at the other side of this uh, (laughs) stay-at-home pandemic area. So One can only hope, that's for sure. Advocate fiercely. That is one of the eight Athena leadership principles that you can find at athenainternational.org. Our next guest is the perfect example of that as she advises you to advocate for yourself, especially if you think something is wrong in your health. Her own health challenges inspired her to be on the journey that she is now. Let's hear a little bit from Amy Horniman. Be an advocate for your own health, for your own body. You are your best advocate, so you know when something is off inside and when it's off and if you are not being listened to like my story in the beginning then you need to keep going do not give up you find someone that will listen to you 
I am, you know, kind of biased toward functional medicine practitioners because we do tend to listen and get to the root cause of a person's problem. But the bottom line is be your own health advocate. Do not give up and do not accept the quote unquote normal diagnosis. Don't accept that if you know that something is off in your body. That's episode number 124 coming up next week. Myself and my partners at Athena International would like to advocate fiercely for you to do two things for us to help us grow this podcast. One, rate and review the podcast. Two, share the podcast that you find relevant. If you do those two simple things, you'll help us out immensely. Regardless, thanks for listening. See you next week.